this week on the show. When you have a slur on your words Sway in your hips Hope we can talk again Maybe you'll remember this Josh White I think it was probably towards like end of high school I started actually recording some of the stuff I did and a lot of that was just like jams like I would loop a guitar bit and then kind of play over it musician and he started like coming up with like a bit of like a melody and some lyrics and it was just whatever it was just us having fun at like 3am and then I came up with the name Modest Apollo and was like we should actually start a band I have a pretty regular group of people I send stuff to, but yeah. it's usually just be like, hey, look at this cool thing I did. I'm not looking for any feedback. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not looking for any feedback. <laughs> not looking for any feedback. I mean, feedback is hard. It's hard to mm-hmm. trust people. It really yeah. is hard. Uh, I've learned a lot from feedback. I've learned a lot mm-hmm. from, from bad feedback, too. And I think it makes you stronger, too, to just Am I taking this or am I just following my heart? His new album, Smaller Than Some, available everywhere now. Uh, It never had any intent on it being an album for the longest part of it. And I was kind of write songs. I would either record them because my dad's like, hey, have any new music you've been writing? And I'll be like, "Uh, let me throw something together real quick. Yeah, it just kind of started falling into place. And then once I think it did click that it was an album, I was like, oh, I need to actually put some real effort in all of a sudden yeah yeah let's talk to josh white on the very creative podcast i'm good i'm good thank you for coming on my podcast so nice to meet you yeah it's Uh, nice to meet you too i guess we've never actually spoken in person or even across the screen until now (laughs) no exactly yeah we had some uh technology technological problems yeah Uh, that was fun. Really yeah. brings people together, you know. <laughs> yeah. So introduce yourself to everyone before we get started. Yeah, for sure. So uh, my name is Josh White. I'm a musician from Toronto, Ontario. And uh, yeah, I just released, well, just released. I released my album uh, Smaller Than Some back in October under the, I'm going under the moniker Other Infinities. Great. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I've listened to your album. Uh, it's, it's really my style. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> yeah, glad. it's really, really my style. So yeah, I, I was like, I have to have this guy on the show. And I shared it with some friends. And I was like, that's awesome, right? So yeah. Sick. I'm glad. Yeah. It's I a little it be... Floyd, right? Oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was going for that. My, yeah. uh, we'll probably end up getting into this later, uh, yeah. but I, uh, this is my second album, right. but it's my first as a solo artist, but my last album was even more like Pink Floyd influence for sure. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love Pink Floyd. I love, uh, is it Dark Side of the Moon, the, the album? Dark Side of the Moon is a jam. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a great, um, so, um, yeah, I'll put the cover up of your album and we can talk about it later. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Yes, but now, uh, so you're a singer, you're a musician, right? Uh, both of these things. Yeah, I, I definitely consider myself a musician more than a singer. Okay, uh, yeah. singer but it's you kind singing of, on your album. It is me singing, okay. yeah. I just, uh, I, 
I don't fancy myself much of a singer. I'm more of a, Ooh, I can, I can play instruments and someone needs to sing these words. So yeah, <laughs> it was really good though. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So how did all that happen? Uh, were you always born with, were you born with music, uh, or uh creative parents or not particular, like they weren't not creative. My dad's a photographer. Oh, um, my mom creative. was like a hairstylist. So there's like, there is some creative juice in there, but I'm the only one that was ever into music. Right. Um, like growing up, I would listen to music and my, my dad more even, uh, would like, we'd listen to a lot of classic rock and like Pink Floyd, like you said, um, growing up. But, uh, my sister who's six years older than me, she, um, she took piano lessons for a while and I guess she just never practiced and then gave up and, my parents are like, all right, well, we're not doing that. And then my brother got like guitar lessons and bass lessons and had a drum right. kit for a while. But all of those he kind of gave up on very quickly. So yeah. when it got to the point where I was like, I want to learn guitar, they're like, oh, another one of these. Okay. <laughs> uh, so they, my mom just had an acoustic guitar lying around. I was like, we'll pay for like a couple months of lessons. And I think within like four or five months, I was like, can I get an electric guitar now? And from there, it was just all the, all the mayhem. <laughs> Yeah. I, yeah. I, I know what you mean. Like, uh, I, I started as an actor and I, mm -hmm. I was always loving it. And I keep, I kept seeing friends in, uh, in high school or everywhere that, uh, I was doing theater. I was like, Oh, they, they like it, but, uh, I'm going to watch them like in six yeah. months, they're going to give up, you know? And, yeah. uh, surely they did. <laughs> I was, uh, I was, I was right most of the time and I st stuck to it. So yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, so I feel like the, where did it go from there? Uh, well, I took guitar lessons for like three and a half years, I think. Right. Uh, at that point, I was pretty strictly just guitar. And I would like sort of write my own songs, but it was more just like, I know how to play these four chords and I'm just going to come up with like a very simple ABAB rhyme scheme with no real melody and just kind of sing talk it over top of these chords i know yeah very rudimentary things um but yeah and then i think it was probably towards like end of high school i started actually recording some of the stuff i did and a lot of that was just like jams like i would loop a guitar bit and then kind of play over it and then it was also towards the end of high school that i picked up another instrument finally and i was gifted a piano and kind of like taught myself just the basic chords and stuff and figured it out that way Right. And you never, because uh, you said you weren't a singer, so you never uh, got into singing lesson or? No, I never did singing lessons. I never really even tried singing until I was uh, in university, uh, I guess like six years ago now or so, uh, with my band Modest Apollo. Right. Uh, my roommate and I kind of like, we would write the songs together. So we kind of like sing them together, figure out who wants to sing which one. And then after a while, he was clearly the better singer. Like, no, there wasn't even a debate in my <sighs> mind. Um, he was like, hey, do you mind if I just sing the songs and you can have like creative reign to write all of them? And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's when I was kind of like, yeah, I don't really want to do singing. But then when I started a solo project, I'm like, well, I guess I kind of have to now. Yeah. So kind of push it. And I think towards the end of recording this album, I was like, okay, I find my, my vocals. All right. But like, even at the beginning, I was like, oof, listening back on tracks. I'd like, this sounds just bad. I don't like this at all. It took, took a while for me to become comfortable with it. 
No, I, I'll say it again. It's great. Cool. It's really great. <laughs> Glad yeah. you think so. Uh, so yeah. you said your your parents uh, were looking at uh, your siblings and they were like, oh, we just bought in the guitar and then he, he mm-hmm. abandons the project. But uh, were, were they supportive of uh, you being a musician? Oh, yeah. Um, especially my my dad would always be like, hey, let's just go to the music store and see if there's anything fun there. Um, but they've both been incredibly supportive of uh everything I've put together when we did our big album release party with modest Apollo, they uh, like they brought up my siblings and everything like that. And they like were able, they bought tickets to the show and it was pretty great. Yeah. That's so that's great. They've, yeah. they've been very supportive this entire time. Well, that's a good feeling because I know yeah. a lot of artists that are like their parents are like, uh, you should uh, be a surgeon or you should be <laughs> something that makes money. What does that do? So, yeah. I mean, it isn't being a musician is not my full time job. I'm not sure how they react if I said if I was like, uh, I'm just going to <laughs> quit everything. But I feel like they'd still be fairly supportive. They might just be a little more concerned. <laughs> yeah. Is that your yeah. your your goal, though, to be full time? I would love it. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fantastic. If I could just spend my time writing and recording music and have that be my yeah. career amazing yeah. love that yeah yeah um so talk a bit about your band uh was that the next step yeah i'd say that's probably like the next big step in uh what led to what i have now so uh it was my roommate and i and like one one night after a party pretty sure i was i was drunk he wasn't but uh, <laughs> uh he didn't drink um yeah. But yeah, we like came home and we're just like sitting in our basement and I started like playing this one random riff off the top of my head on guitar. And he's like, I like that. And he started like coming up with like a bit of like a melody and some lyrics. And it was just whatever. It was just us having fun at like 3 a.m. And then I came up with the name Modest Apollo. I was like, we should actually start a band. (laughs) And from there, like occasionally we'd write and record songs, but still it was just the two of us. We didn't have a bass player or a drummer. Right. And then uh, we picked up a bass player like a year later, which is our friend Evan, who's a phenomenal bass player and pianist and guitar player. Like he he plays everything. It's all amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, he started doing bass for us. And we picked up some gigs just by kind of submitting demos. Like it was very rough demos of me like recording on GarageBand. I didn't really know how to mix or anything like that. And we picked up some good gigs. Like, a, I don't know if you know the band Said the Whale. No. They're a pretty big, uh, like, Canadian band. I think they're okay. from, I don't want to say where exactly in Canada they're from because I'd probably get it wrong. But, uh, yeah, like, they've won Junos and stuff like that. And we got the opportunity oh. to open for them, which was pretty great. Wow. Um, yeah, this is when I was still in school in Peterborough. And um, that was definitely the biggest show I've ever played. It was, like, 200 people maybe something like that and they were because uh, they were a big band and we had no idea we're like all right we're opening for some band called said the whale and then we showed up and we're like oh there's a lot of people here this is this is actually a big deal yeah how um, did that yeah. go <laughs> it went surprisingly well we got our uh <laughs> i called up my one friend because we still didn't have a drummer i called up my friend who lived back in collingwood so he drove like two hours with his drum kit we had just enough time for him to like run through the set list for about two hours. And I'm like, okay, we have to get on stage now. <laughs> so uh, with such short notice of that, it went surprisingly well. Like uh, we got a lot of people like buying us drinks and like 
oh, congratulating that's us fine. after. And I was like, oh, this feels nice. I like this a lot. Yeah. Groupies uh, already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then finally, I think it was a year after that, that we started getting more serious about, okay, this is our last year in university. We should uh, actually record something and figure it out. So I started getting serious about learning how to record. I actually interned at a recording studio as a part of my um, like credit because I did media studies. Yeah. Um, so I was interning at a recording studio and I was taking the stuff that I learned from there and kind of learning how to do it on my own computer. And uh, then one day, like we couldn't get my drummer friend from Collingwood to come and record and it would be a whole thing. Yeah. But one day, uh, my singer and I, Raz, uh, he and I were at a bus stop with just acoustic guitars waiting to go to an open mic. And someone that was in one of my classes, this Russian guy named Dan, he's like, where are you guys going? And we're like, oh, we're going to an open mic. He's like, oh, you play? I, I play drums. And we're like, that's amazing. Where, uh, where do you live? And he's like, oh, I live in that building and points to the building that Raz and I and our bass player already lived in. Wow. Like it was a big apartment building. And we're like, oh, so you live in that building too. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, this is going to be so easy. <laughs> so he just, we just got an electronic drum kit and recorded it all that way. And after like a year, maybe less than a year, maybe like seven months or so of just recording, we got uh, eight songs down and uh, I spent hours and hours laboring over the mixes and whatnot. And we finally got it out there in 2018. Yeah. Right. But that yeah. was a lot of uh, me doing all the music except for bass, drums, and vocals. Yeah. And then I would just kind of go to them with my laptop and be like, okay, sing this part. Okay, I got to go back to my room now. And I go back and mix that all together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was it the same style as your album or was it totally different? Um, I think it's pretty different. But when yeah. my bass player first heard it, he's like, oh, this brings back some nostalgia for me. I'm like, okay, so maybe it is a little more similar than I than I thought. I thought it was much more of a departure, but it was m the Most Apollo album, which is called Post Social, um, right. was a very like just standard rock album. Like it was very guitar heavy stuff. I think there's one song that was kind of piano based, but okay. for the most part, it was like Oasis-y kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. So nice. it has similar vibes to what I, what I released a couple months ago, but I feel like I, it wasn't as fun. It wasn't, wasn't like a fun upbeat record. That's for sure. Uh, so what was the transition period be between your band and your solo thing? Okay. So yeah. What was the, the thing? So we released our album 2018, like a uh, March, 2018 um this is when we're all in our fourth year of university so we had a big uh album release party uh we got about like 70 65 70 people in attendance it was like a big deal for us we're like this is amazing uh yeah. we finally feel like we made our mark and then we all graduated and moved away so <laughs> that's where it kind of left us like all right we can try and record everything remotely at this point because the closest, <laughs> yeah, the closest people that uh, were together were I was I was in Collingwood for about four months before I moved to Toronto. Um, okay. Is that far from Toronto? It's about two hours north. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I lived in Toronto, but never explored. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's it's a very small little like tourist town, is what yeah. Collingwood is. 
Um, but yeah, so I was in Toronto and my vocalist uh, was in uh, Mississauga. So that was like not too far. It's doable, but it still was the closest. Our drummer was in um, Russia because that's where he was from. Okay. <laughs> so we had Russia, Mississauga, Toronto, and uh, Wawa, which is just like the tippy top of Ontario, so far away. Um, right. Yeah, so it kind of made things a little bit difficult to pursue. We we never officially shut it down or resigned Modest Apollo, but it was kind of like, well, just take a break until we can actually get together again, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Is that still then, in the plans? <laughs> I mean, it's not currently in any schedule, but I haven't discounted it as an idea. Like yeah. it, it could happen. I'd be happy with it. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of like, I guess at this point I should just try and do this all on my own. I mean, like before I did mo, I did like 90% of the music myself anyway. So it was kind of like, what's another 10% of just doing this all on my own? You know, I was like, I just have to kind of figure out how to sing things. And the drums, the drums are the one thing on the album. There's about four or five tracks that I got my my friend from Collingwood who came up with my band, he actually lives in Toronto now. So I rented a just electronic kit and got him to come over for an afternoon. He laid down like half of the album about. So that's the one thing that, uh, that was not hundred percent. Me was the drums on the album. Right. And how, uh, did your old band react to your going solo? Uh, I mean, I don't think they had any issues with it cause they kind of understood that we were all yeah. in difficult positions to get it done. But did uh, they like your music? Oh yeah. The, uh, my bass player uh, bought two cassettes. I released it on cassette. Okay. Um, wow. Fine. So he bought he bought two cassettes and was like, "Oh yes, I love it. Like it's great." So he was super into it. Made me happy. Why cassettes? Oh, um, I don't know. I thought I think they're cool. Yeah. And it was also just an easy thing to do. Like uh, when with my last album, we got like a bunch of CDs duplicated, and that was a thing. Right. Uh, like it actually cost us. I think we barely broke even with that, but it was all right. Um, and then this time around, I was like, I've done CDs. I would love to do vinyl, but that's ridiculously expensive to do unless you can get like thousands of people to buy them. Um, yeah, I would, though. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love vinyl. Uh, oh, I love, I have a whole vinyl collection. That's I. That's why I definitely want to get it on vinyl. Pink Floyd um, on vinyl is uh, the best. Oh yeah, that's that's the kind of music that was made for it for sure. Exactly. Um, yeah, but yeah, cassettes. Sorry, go. <laughs> uh, I keep getting distracted. Um, it was an easy thing to do, so I'm actually making them all myself. I found a um, like cassette recorder, like player recorder thing. Uh, on like Facebook marketplace or something for 10 bucks. And I was like, okay, so I got that from the guy and I was like, now I just need to get my hands on any old cassettes, really. Like they don't need to be brand new blank cassettes. Cause you can record over cassettes and it's not an issue. Um, yeah. and then when, while I was pondering this one time I was walking to work and on the side of the road was a box full of like 150 cassettes and it just said free. And I was like, perfect. That's exactly what I need. Yeah. Um, so I just, <laughs> I just have a box of cassettes in my room. And then anytime someone wants one, I just have to, you just have to tape over the top of it because right. that's what prevents it from being recorded over. And if you put a piece of tape over top, the thing just 
lets you record whatever you want over top. Okay. So I have the whole like setups, the system set up to go from my computer and I just can record it all on my own. Wow. And I just think cassettes seem cool. They seem cooler than CDs to me at least. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's fine. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's so fine. So you offered to uh, play us a song mm -hmm. from your album. Uh, yeah. Before we talk about your album, do you want to do that? And yeah, thank sure. You, boy. All right. No problem at all. I will uh, just have to switch over to a different uh, sound system here. Just give me one sec to get that done. Yeah. All right. Does my voice sound more reverby now? Yeah. Yeah? Cool. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Let me just awesome. grab my guitar. What's the song called? Oh, this is a song called Sober Love. It's uh, on the album. It's much more like piano and synthy, but I kind of stripped it down to just a guitar, which is how it was originally written. So I think yeah. it'll, it kind of gives you a vibe of how I write songs and how they evolve, I guess. We can talk about that after. It's actually my favorite on your album. Oh, really? Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Nothing stays buried forever, especially not the past. Yesterday is Not Yet Gone, a mystery novel by Gabriel Vega, host of the Very Creative Podcast. Available now, paperback and digital. GabrielVega.com. Buy it now.
Looking for love, but I settle for distraction. Hoping for the whole damn thing, but I get in the fraction. I should find a sober love. Well, that's not who I'm thinking of. A misplaced letter Cause I am just a man And I'm doing the best I can Thank you so much for that. Oh, no problem. I'm just going to switch back to a yeah. normal speaking voice now. Okay. Yeah, so that was Sober Love. Yeah. Which is a, uh, yeah, if, if you listen to the album, it's much more of a kind of piano-based and synth-based. There is some guitar in it too, but yeah, that's originally how it was written and how I intended it to be. But then that's kind of when I went into that more synthy territory. I was like, okay. Yeah. Like I, I could change this a little bit. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. So what, what was the inspiration behind that song? Um, this is a, I am in a, a happy relationship. This is a song <laughs> that doesn't really reflect that. It was more of a, I kind of wrote that one in a character, I guess. Yeah. Like it was a couple of years ago that it came up with the opening lines. Like we, you only talk, we only talk when you have stained lips. And I was like, oh, that's a cool line. I feel like 
there probably was someone maybe at that point that I was like, this person only talks to me when they're drunk. Yeah. Um, and I wrote that lyric and never did anything with it. And then finally, when I came up with this riff, I was like, oh, that kind of fits. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of written within the mindset of a character that's, I don't know, the person that they think they should be with doesn't talk to them unless they're drunk or high or whatever. And then yeah. I thought I'd throw in like the little sort of twist at the end. It's like, oh, we talked when you're sober. I don't like you very much. Yeah. I think it's kind of a... I don't know. It's it's definitely not one of the more personal songs on the album, but uh, it's one of my favorites. That's why I decided to play it. No, it's uh, it's really great. Uh, I I relate to that. I, I that's why I was listening and I was like, oh, okay, I, I get it now. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. You can almost like texting today, and you're like, mm -hmm. people text you when they're bored, and uh, or mm -hmm. I've done that sometimes. So it's it kind of you know you you want that that love that's. Uh, a constant you know not mm -hmm. only when you're like uh drunk or you know when, the, yeah. when they're drunk or yeah so it's really relatable yeah it's great i'm glad it resonates with people other than myself it's, it's kind <laughs> yeah. of the goal it's what i'm going for no it's a it's a good goal to have when yeah. you go into creative stuff yeah yeah i think this one also i don't write like silly songs obviously some of them are not very funny at all but i like to throw little things in there like i really found the lyric um i'll follow you to every misplaced letter i thought yeah. that was a really uh, when i wrote that i was like ah it's a good one josh you did that that's good <laughs> um just because i don't know because you fall some of the letter but they're drunk i don't know i like to try and throw little things in like that even if they're not very very funny they amuse me <laughs> so, yeah yeah wow so uh so you that's the one song from your album mm -hmm. uh remind the title for everyone of your album that was a sober love from smaller than some right smaller than some yeah sorry that was a, that's the name <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome yeah so uh yeah how did that album uh, come about you you left her band and yeah when did you decide to do that and what was the process? It's kind of strange how it, like, I, I don't remember it becoming an album. It was kind of like, I would just write songs because I like writing songs. And then I've heard that. I was like, that's usually how it is, right? Yeah. Uh, it never had any intent on it being an album for the longest part of it. And I was kind of write songs. I would either record them because my dad's like, hey, have any new music you've been writing? And I'll be like, uh, let me throw something together real quick. Or I'm just kind of like, ooh, I have a cool idea for this, but I can only do it with like multiple layers. Like I can't just have a guitar and do this. So I kind of would start recording them. And then after a while, I was like, okay, yeah, I have enough songs either like written or half written for an album. Might as well just get this together. And yeah, I can't, couldn't tell you exactly when or anything like that. But yeah, it just kind of started falling into place. And then once I think it did click that it was an album, I was like, oh, I need to actually... <laughs> put some real effort in all of a sudden yeah yeah so when you create like because you didn't know it was an album so does it have to still be all the same style and uh, did you was it already all the same style no that was the thing it was a little bit all over the place and i think right. after once i did realize it was an album i tried to make it a little more cohesive right i still wanted it to be a pretty diverse selection but I did try like some things would have 
Okay, the song Great Expectations, for instance, on my, right. my album. Great book, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it, uh, it's a very, like, the second half-ish is a very, like, electronic song. Yeah. Um, but it was originally all, like, guitar and, like, I kind of recorded some MIDI string sections on it. So it was very, very much more, like, blur than anything else yeah. uh, it's very like lush string arrangements and stuff like that i was like okay this is cool and even had like my brother i think that i sent it to was like oh i think this is my favorite one you've ever done and i was like okay cool and then when i started getting other stuff together i'm like i'm glad you like that but i'm going to change everything about it and it became like i changed the drums from normal drums to electronic drums and the strings all became synths and it became much more of like a hooky yeah dance thing than anything else so there were some changes made to the album to make it a little more the same. And then there's only like a few songs that I was like, I can't really, I don't yeah. know how I would change this too much to make it fit. I mean, so if I it's already just, good, you know? Yeah. Like there's some songs I was like, you know what? This is, I like this song enough that it doesn't need to fit for the, with the rest of the album kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I always wonder that when I listen to albums, uh, like do people, cause yeah. I, I hear all the time that, Oh, we just write songs and then it becomes an album, but, uh, is it all the same style and uh, yeah. how do you deal with that? It's, uh, it's weird. I feel like it does depend on the artist. Like, yeah, I know. Cause I'm also a big fan of Jack white. He kind of, I think some of his stuff kind of sneaks into my work too. Um, but he, uh, he's never been one to be like, this is going to be the style of this album. He just kind of writes a song goes, Oh, I like this song. I'm just gonna put it on the album. That's why he is like, his is kind of all over the place. It tends to be right. with his solo stuff at least. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And uh, so what was the, the process to, to record that album? Oh, right. Yeah. It's all on this, this old crappy laptop that I'm viewing you now on. Oh, you did it so all many- yourself. Oh yeah. Um, I just have a little, it's actually this system I'm using to give you sound right now. It's just a little two input interface, right? A little Steinberg one that I got my hands on. Yeah. And yeah, so it was a lot of either I can mic up my amp with my guitar or towards the end, I started using a lot of SIM amps, which are like the, the, um, logic has a library of simulated amps. So you can kind of have a wide variety of sounds from it and they're pretty good. So I started just, um, just doing directly into the computer after a while or into the interface Yeah. with the guitars. But yeah, so it was all done just on logic on my computer. And, uh, I'm also very cheap. I am a cheap bitch. So, uh, I spent no money getting a professional to mix it or master it. I was like, you know what? It might not sound as good, but I'm just going to do this all on my own. Like maybe next album I'll uh, spend a little more time, but yeah, it was really just in my either basement or my room in my apartment or this office space. Um, just kind of laying down guitar or vocals or there's a keyboard back there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what was the writing process? Uh, writing process? Uh, Were you a writer like, or a songwriter already? Or Yeah, I did write like 90% of my last album. Okay. So I felt pretty confident in my ability to write the songs. Um, a lot of the songwriting kind of came together, like lyrics and music very rarely came together at the same time. Like a lot of the time it'd be, ooh, I came up with this riff. 
Yeah. And then while I'm at work washing dishes or something like <sighs> that, I'll just like, Ooh, this line popped into my head and pull up my phone and write it down. And those, <laughs> those two events might be like two years apart. And then finally I'm like, Oh, those fit. Perfect. <laughs> that is good. And then I'll kind of put them together. But there are a lot of times, like there's one album, the one song on this album in particular, which is called Torchless Panic. Yeah. Uh, I probably butchered the pronunciation of that. Yeah, but a anyway. really long name, right? Yeah, it's a, a Swedish it word. I think it's Swedish. Okay. Or Polish. Um, it just means closing gate panic. I okay. think the song was originally called shoot i can't even remember what it was originally called at this point it was very much just um oh you know what it was uh not old enough to know is what their song was originally called because it was very much like oh i feel like i'm not getting anything done in my life i feel like i'm not getting anything done and it's soon it's going to be too late uh there's kind of a narrative to that song which is like going to a party that you don't really want to go to but you go anyway because it'd be better than not being able to have stories to tell later kind of thing, mm-hmm. which is like better go to that party. Cause you don't know when you're not gonna be able to go to parties anymore. And it became very prevalent in 2020 for some reason. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I so, don't know why. <laughs> not sure. Not but sure. that song probably had between the music and lyrics, seven or eight different versions of it. Cause there was yeah. like this, the music for it was originally written for a song about, um, not wanting to just go to work five days a week so you can have a weekend resting so you can go back to work for another five days. Like it was a very, I don't know, like anti-capitalist song almost. I was like, ah, this this is something I feel uh, sure about. And then as soon as I started recording it, I was like, nah, I don't really like the melody or anything about it. Yeah. Uh, So then it became like a pseudo love song that I was like, yeah, it's a pretty good song. And then after recording all of that, I was like, no, I'm going to start from scratch again. And that's when the final version came out and I think it's actually my favorite song on the album now. Um, but yeah. Awesome. So yeah. kind of like sometimes like, I think the opening lyrics to that song came to me right as I was about to fall asleep. Like I was nodding off <sighs> and the lyrics popped in my head and I like just reached for my phone, wrote them down and passed out. Yeah. And I kind of woke up and was like, Oh yeah, I think I kind of remember how the melody went for this. <laughs> so kind of yeah. had to figure that out. But yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. I've had. Uh, I'm a writer, so it's uh, yeah, in my sleep sometimes. I if I especially if I've had too much coffee during mm-hmm. the day, like past two p.m. Uh, yeah, I, I wake. I can't sleep, and I'm just like thinking of things and story yeah. and how to fix that problem so I can jump to the next thing. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's a, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it's interesting pretty, to, to hear from a musician and songwriter that it's the same thing. Yeah, I feel like it happens for most like creative things, like anything that involves writing or even even maybe with like editing stuff. Like it's happened before with me with like mixing sounds yeah. too. You just kind of when you when you're least expecting it and you're kind of just back is turned to it it'll just the solution jumps at you and you're like oh there it is okay there it is cool. <laughs> yeah 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 so does the music come first or the 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 writing the words it really varies on the song i wish i yeah. could say it was one or, or the all other. together yeah well there is some like uh well like, i don't even know if i could say that 
it very rarely <laughs> comes all together. I'd say there is the one song on the album. You're so special. I had written that baseline for it. That, uh, it's like, do, 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 do. And I was like, ah, it's a really cool baseline. I wrote that like six years ago, did nothing yeah. with it. And then I was just kind of up early one morning because I had to do something early. And then the rest of my day was free. And I, right. I've never been one to be able to just go back to sleep once I wake up early. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to sit down with my guitar and figure out if I can do anything with this riff. And I kind of had, uh, I had a bit of guitar. It was just kind of like mimicking the, I had like a strumming pattern that kind of mimicked the bass line. So I was like, okay, let's just sit down with this. And then all the lyrics and everything came out within 45 minutes. And I was like, okay, let's just record all of this now. <laughs> so a lot of that song was recorded in a day. And then it uh, kind of took me several months to actually rewrite some of the instrumental bits and stuff like that. But 90% of that song was all written, came out at once in a day, I think. Yeah. Wow. That's great. So yeah, it was, uh, it was one yeah. of the few times it's happened though, that very rarely actually works out. Usually I'll spend like a couple days working on one thing and I'll get a couple verses out and then I'll move to something else and kind of just yeah. hope for the best really. So what's the the time frame usually to do you spend do you spend time on multiple songs at once or do you spend time on one song at a time? Yeah, I probably spend on multiple songs at once. Like if I'm like, okay, I I got a good chunk out of that song, I'll move on to the next one. But oftentimes it might be because I just kind of finished the album and I want to take a little bit of a break, like at least Yeah couple months before i start just getting into it again can you do that? um yeah it's it's, it's been tough. more difficult than i've thought <laughs> i actually just the other day talking about like figuring out things in your sleep i had a dream where i had a guitar riff and i was like oh that's cool like in my dream i heard the riff in my head if that makes sense and then in my dream i was like oh that's a good riff i should work out how to play it on guitar and i worked out how to play all of it on guitar and then i woke up being like does that still work? Like, yeah. and I went and played it and was like, Oh yeah, I, my subconscious entirely just worked out how to play a riff out and then just worked. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes it's, it's a little difficult not to, not to get to writing again, but, um, very it's rarely so have I been. Yeah. Uh, my brain's always working, trying to figure it out. Sometimes you need it. Cause like not to cut you off, but sometimes you're like, uh because i i stopped for for this podcast for uh for the holidays and i was mm -hmm. still like i couldn't help myself i i was i brought my microphone to the place i was at and i i interviewed family members oh. I, <laughs> I, I still have the the thing in me yeah, you know yeah. it's it's weird how that works but still i before i i went on a break i was like i need a break i need a break mm -hmm. yeah it's really you weird go. Your, your brain wants it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but even that being said, I am not really one to like be like, all right, I have a day off. I'm going to sit down and write a song. It usually just kind of comes at me and I'm like, oh, I need to figure this out. Like it kind of either the music or the yeah. lyrics will just kind of pop into my head. And I'm like, oh, I need to sit down real quick and do this. And doing that enough times comes up with, I guess, a full album of music. I don't know how it happens, but it does. So what was the time frame for you to finish the album? How long did it take right. you? Um, the whole process, how long? Start to finish, yeah. it was probably like two years. But wow. 
that was the reason it's going back so far, I think, is because the first song I wrote and recorded for the album, which was a uh, smaller than some, the title track, because it was just a very simple song that I kind of like made up a lot of the lyrics on the spot almost. Um, I did that basically right when I graduated. So I was kind of like back home in Collingwood for a couple months, didn't have a lot to do except apply for jobs. And I just like went into my closet back in there, back in Collingwood and recorded that whole song. Right. And pretty much, I don't think I changed a whole lot of it since that recording. So that's why it goes back two years. But I feel like once I did that song, I didn't do anything for maybe like seven or eight months. It was kind of kind of a long break. And then finally, when I started getting going again. So if you don't include that, it was probably like a year or so. Yeah. yeah. And what was the time frame for the editing process until it was released? Oh, the L, the editing. Was that scene? included in the two years? Yeah. Because okay. um, a lot of it, I would write and record and mix all like this one song when one song isn't even finished being written. Yeah. Um, and some songs I would actually write it while I'm mixing everything together. Like I'm like, oh, I need another thing here. Let's just plug in a keyboard and see what I can figure out kind of on the spot. And then I might find something I like and then work that so it's a little more right. clean into everything. But yeah, so they, they kind of overlapped a lot. But um, the editing always takes so much longer than I think it is going to. It's, it's I'm sure, I'm sure. unreal. <laughs> are you a perfectionist? A little bit, yeah. I... For this we album, there were a lot of yeah. things where I was like, I I could spend so much longer on this, but I just want the album to be done. So I'm going to call it done, and it is how it is. Um, I My original idea for having this album was to be to be have it out by last February. Okay. It, which was a while ago. Um, I even like had one of my friends, I was like, hey, can you work on some artwork? It's... Do, uh, don't worry about too much, but I want to have it done within like two months. And she was like, okay, sure. And then nine months later, finally <laughs> I have it done. Uh, it's a whole thing. Cause I, I basically had the entire album finished except for like two songs. And then yeah. I got those two songs done and listened back and was like, no, nah, I can do better. And just went back yeah. basically to the beginning and didn't re-record things much, but I was kind of like, no, these songs aren't good enough. And I, I feel like I can do them better. And I went back and did it all again. So it yeah. took an, it probably took an extra like nine months than what I was originally expecting it to. So February, 2020 was your goal, right? Yeah. And then and it, COVID happened. It didn't have anything to do with COVID, the, the slowing uh, down. No, if anything, it helped. Initially it helped because uh, I've been working consistently, but there was about a week and a half where my work shut down. So in that week and a half, I finished like five songs. I was like, this is great. And yeah. then went back to work, had to find time. And I guess in that time when I finished the other songs, I went back to those original ones that I finished in a week and was like, yeah, no, these aren't good enough. Yeah. And would either like, write new there's some songs where I even like wrote new words to them and re-recorded all the vocals and changed the choruses because i wasn't happy with them it'd be interesting to release some of the songs that i originally intended to release a year ago now because i'm like to me they seemed finished and then i went back and listened and was like never mind they're not finished so it'd yeah. be interesting to i think see gauge people's reactions to see if 
they would also be like, oh yeah, these aren't as good. Or if some people, some people might be like, oh, I actually like that original version better. You spent way too much time on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's always uh, something I think about too. <laughs> oh yeah. I can imagine as a writer for sure. Yeah. It's uh no, it's a, uh, it's a lot of uh, thinking and it's a lot of, did I mess this up or should I keep working on it? You know, mm-hmm. nothing stays buried forever. Especially not the past. Yesterday is Not Yet Gone, a mystery novel by Gabriel Vega, host of the Very Creative Podcast. Available now, paperback and digital. GabrielVega.com. Buy it now. Speaking about that, who do you trust in your 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 family or in your friends group? Or do you trust people to give you constructive criticism who are your key people not really i have a i have a pretty um regular group of people i send stuff to but it's usually just be like hey look at this cool thing i did i'm not looking for any feedback (laughs) Um, (laughs) i'm not looking for any feedback (laughs) not looking for any feedback um because that's interesting it's usually like one of two things either like I'll send it to like my dad and he'll be like, wow, I love it. I'm like, cool. That's good. Or he's like, there's a weird bit at uh two minutes and 43 seconds. And I like go to the song and I'm like, oh yeah, I like that bit. I'm not changing it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> just weird. Like I, I am a bit of a control freak when it comes to music. So I think yeah. that's why I don't like, I send my music out to people. I, if they do give me feedback, I tend not to listen. Yeah, I think that's also why going back to like why I decided to do a solo album, even though I was writing most of it, there were there were a couple run ins with either people not doing an instrument or a vocal thing exactly how I pictured it. And I'm like, I don't like it. It's it could even be great. But in my head, I'm like, that's different as how I planned it. We're not. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Uh, so that could either be a a good thing for this album or it could have been my downfall. I'm not sure. Maybe if I got more feedback from people, I could have yeah. made some stuff better, but I don't know. I mean, feedback is hard. It's hard to mm-hmm. trust people. It really yeah. is hard. Uh, I've learned a lot from feedback. I've learned a lot mm-hmm. from, from bad feedback too. And I think it makes you stronger too, to just, am I taking this or am I just following my heart? And yeah, that's the, it's really tough. It's really, it really tough. You know, I don't know what it is for you, but uh, like, it's, it seems like you, you know what you want to do and that's it. But uh, for me, yeah. it's really, really tough. It, it took a long time for me to say, no, I don't want that. Yeah. I feel like that it kind of shows how, depending on the thing they kind of give you feedback about, obviously, but I feel like it shows how much you like a certain thing. If they're like, Ooh, you should change this. And you're like, you know what? I'm putting my foot down. I yeah. actually stand by this. I think it's a great yeah. thing. Uh, that's not to say like I never took any feedback, but yeah, for the most part, it's kind of yeah. like I'm going to put my foot down and say, I like this, even though you don't. And I'm going to put it in the song. Especially if you've done this for a while, like you've mm-hmm. tested some things out, then you've like, I, I have been writing for, for over probably 10 years now. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, I, since I was, I was a kid, uh, and yeah, so not to say that I'm the best at it, not to say that I can't yeah. learn anymore. That's not what I'm saying at all. I just know 
where I came from and where I I'm here because I, I worked so much on it, you know? So it's hard to trust people who haven't gone on the same journey as you. Yeah. I feel. I, I think that makes sense. It gives like, you experience. You have a good opinion, but I have some experience. Let's kind of yeah. see which one wins, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But like you said, so it, it could be your downfall sometimes. It, it, yeah. You could, you could fail big just because of that. Yeah, it's a it's a risky it's, thing, it's I guess. On your terms, so mm -hmm. that's. Uh, I was actually listening to a podcast on um, the Talking Heads just yesterday. Okay, and they had the keyboardist and guitarist Jerry Harrison on, and he was talking about how bands, when it's when when a band releases music, very rarely do they have something that completely flops. Whereas solo artists, it happens more frequently because they have no one, no one to tell them no. Like uh, in the Talking Heads, they kind of had to vote on a lot of things. And if David Byrne came up with an idea that no one else liked, they would they would veto it. They, they would kind of be like, you know what? That's a cool idea, but it's not going to work. Whereas with me, I was kind of like, no one's telling me no. Yeah. I can do whatever I want. And I changed a whole lot of things that maybe shouldn't have been changed. But in the end, I'm like, I'm happy with it. Yeah. So, uh, the, yeah, it's... That's what matters, right, though? Yeah, If you're I think happy so. with it. I, like, as Your long own as happiness should like more matter than anything yeah. else, you know? I, I think there's only... A, there's a few songs, not even a few. There's maybe, like, two songs on the album that I'm like, meh, they're fine. Yeah. Like, I'm not super hot on them, but maybe it's because I just had to spend too much time listening to them. Probably is. Probably. Yeah. But there are quite a few songs on my album that I'm like, I don't care if no one else in the world likes this. This is a bop and I'm into it. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool because I, I've had, uh, and then we'll, we'll move on, but I've had, uh, like, I, I often think about the audience and that's what gives me, like, struggles you know in my mm -hmm. writing sometimes because i think what people think and i what are people gonna think and then like it blocks me and that's yeah. usually my my block where it comes from and has nothing to do with me it has to do with yeah. other people and i can't control that and i had to figure that yeah. out and i still I mean, have to figure that out yeah it's not a bad block to have especially if you're trying to make money off your art, yeah, I think. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, I, I could be like, doesn't matter what anyone thinks. I'm making this for me. And then no one wants to yeah. buy my album. And I'm like, well, why not? For sure. But if you're doing, there's an argument to be made that if you're doing what the audience wants, it's not original anymore. That's true. This is true. If you're just trying to pump out some hits. It's not you. It's just it's not. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like a thing I've talked about of Montreal a few times now but they are one of my favorite bands and they, um, every what, album is different Repeat. of Montreal of Montreal. Are they from Montreal? Yeah, they are not. They're from Athens, okay. Georgia. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's mostly just one guy. Uh, like originally it was a full band and then they've had like, I don't know, 14 or 15 albums at this point. Right. Um, in the last half of them have just been one guy in a recording studio. Uh, and he's great, but every album is fairly different than the last. Like he's, he's really not making this for the audience, but he found an audience that likes to adapt with him. And I like to think that's the kind of audience I would have at yeah. some point. Yeah. So I'm like, they're, they're going to be with me when I 
change directions a little bit and they, yeah. they're kind of like, okay, this is different, but I'm also into it. This is kind of, kind of yeah. what you aim for, I guess. Yeah, the, that's right. It, actually, that's, that's, that's the, the goal, you know, to, to build your audience to, mm-hmm. yeah, to, to make some like followers, I guess that yeah. are really into the word of followers. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, they, they'll follow you anywhere. Follow Not followers anywhere. on Instagram, like followers. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Like a cult. Yeah. Exactly. Are you a cult that's leader? I, I want to be a cult leader, I think, is my goal oh. of music. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a good goal. Yeah. <laughs> so your album is released. It uh, is. And what is the reaction once you released it? Uh, it's been pretty good. Uh, I haven't gotten any criticism on it, but I feel like if anyone did that, that's just because they're mean. Um, See, I'm, I'm talking about the audience and not thinking about it, and then I'm asking that question. Yeah. But I think it's interesting. Yeah, like uh, I feel like if anyone were to reach out and be like, "Hey, I listened to your album," I'm like, "Oh, that's great. What'd you think of it?" And they're like, "I didn't like it." That's just. I don't think anyone would. <laughs> if they didn't like it, I feel like they just wouldn't say anything. But the people I have shown it to have been like, oh, this is really good. I can tell you spent a lot of work and like a lot of this is very like personal to you. And they're like, I can tell you had fun recording this music. And I'm like, okay, that's good. So I think, yeah, for the most part, it's been a pretty warm reception. Yeah. I uh, am currently, because this is all released independently. Like I don't have, I'm not signed to anything. Yeah. But I recently did reach out to uh, Dent Records which is, uh, I think they're UK-based. I can't say for sure, but I think they're UK-based. Okay. Um, they started in August, and I kind of reached out to them. I was like, hey, I don't know if you uh, are looking for anyone. Here's my music. Uh, and they got back to me because it's uh, instead of being like signed to their label, they're kinda, they'll do PR for you. Yeah. But they only, uh, they only charge per thing that they can get done for you, whereas most places it's like, give us $400 and we'll see what we can do. This is a, uh, this place is like, we're going to charge you every time we get it on a radio station or something like that. Okay. And they don't charge too much. So I'm like, you know what? Sure. I didn't spend any money producing this album. I'll throw a little bit of money at promoting it. So, uh, I'm hoping now it'll get to a wider audience. Cause right now a lot of the audience is people I know personally, or like mm. friends of friends. Yeah who uh, I feel like would listen to it. Even if they didn't like it, they'd be like, ah, I'll throw this on because my friend made it kind of thing. But uh, I'm hoping with getting some more uh, press out there and some more streams on a out, outside of Canada audience would be good. Um, yeah. They'll, I'll get people that like it for what it is, not just because I made it kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't know you and I, I was, yeah, I that's great. It, you know, so <laughs> really, really it's really my that. style. So yeah. who knew? You yeah, know? it worked out well. And I didn't even like search for, for you or know you because mm-hmm. you just reached out to me and, yeah. and that I like, liked your album uh, after researching you. So that's yeah. Great. Uh, yeah, that worked out well. I'm glad. So you're you already on like a good a, path. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't like a huge country fan or anything. And that would have just, Made this a really boring interview. Well, I'm a Taylor <laughs> Swift fan, but okay, yeah, that's kind of country. <laughs> Earlier stuff is country. Later stuff's more poppy, and then the last two yeah. albums, I guess, were folky. I've I haven't listened to Evermore or 
Folklore. Folklore. I haven't uh, listened to them, but I've heard they're the great. Best. Yeah. Folklore is the best. Yeah. I know it was produced by the guy from the National, or he helped produce it at least. So yeah. I can see that. Oh, so good. great. Yeah. yeah. So uh, do you have another album in the process? Um, or do you write just songs and then you'll see? <laughs> there's definitely, like, I can say with certainty that there's going to be another album when or what it'll sound like oh. i have no clue <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, i have a couple songs that are in the works of like okay i kind of have like a verse down and stuff so it's probably going to be another another bit of a wait before i have anything but i can say certainly that there will be another album yeah it's awesome yeah, yeah. is it going to be in the same style do you know no i hope so I yeah. do like the style. I think I might lean into it even a little bit more. Yeah. Because like I said, a couple of the songs were written before I got into this style. So I kind of had to like try and convert them into what it was after it's written differently. Whereas now I'm already in this place. I'll kind of yeah move with it. That is unless I discover a new favorite band in the next year that it's totally different. I'm like, ooh, let's change into this rockabilly style or yeah. something like that. I have no idea. But uh, yeah, it'll probably be probably be similar. I yeah. have a few songs in mind that are very strictly like I'm when I'm writing them in my head and kind of recording them a little bit. I'm like, OK, this is going to be a synthesizer part. This is going to be electronic drums are going to be doing this. So it's already in my head. It sounds the same, but who knows? I don't know. Yeah, it might change. It might change. <laughs> I can't say for certainty. I can't certainly say anything really. But yeah, yeah. I hope so. The big NDA that you signed. Yeah. <laughs> Warner Brothers would be furious with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your NDA of your uh, your home. Uh, yeah. You. <laughs> oh, great. So uh, one of my last questions before we move on to our game. Um, okay. Uh, anxiety. How do you, do you have creative anxiety? And uh, how do you deal with that? Uh, I'd say I do do but i feel like the anxiety comes out more when i'm trying to actually build a project like writing a song yeah i have anxiety about a bunch of stuff just life in general um but i feel like when i'm writing a song i'm like this is a pretty good song and it's it's not until i start recording and mixing it with the intent to like share it with people that i'm like oh this is getting a little bit real and that's when i think a little bit of a, a little bit of pressure can kick in but i also do have a pretty good support team of a guaranteed audience that's going to be like i like this no matter what it is so it's mm. i never really fear any like poor feedback or reception or anything like that yeah I, so it's not <laughs> we, we talked about it earlier yeah, at all. You, you feel that did. um see so yeah, i guess i do have a little bit but it I feel like it's not as prevalent as it is in other people, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's just me being overly confident with my own songwriting and stuff, but I'm like, no, I like this song. Let's just, let's just do it. But the pressure can get to me, but it's never, never too overwhelming. I'd say. Yeah. So you just, uh, to solve it, you just keep doing it or just plow through If Like, there were a couple times when I was recording this album, especially like going back to me saying I don't really like my own vocals. Um, I would like record it all and like, I'm like, yeah, I wrote this song. I like how the music sounds and everything. And I listen back to the vocals and I'm like, 
Yeah, good did that lord. Give you anxiety? <laughs> good lord, I yeah. shouldn't even be touching a microphone. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's been times when I'm like, maybe I should just like reach out to my old singer and we'll make this just a modest Apollo album again. I don't know. <laughs> um, oh. But yeah, like uh, towards the end is when I was like, okay, I I became more comfortable with it, and I feel like that was probably the biggest hurdle and source of my anxiety with making stuff is becoming okay with my own voice yeah Yeah. and uh, now that i have it's like not that i'm fully comfortable with it i'm still a little bit self-conscious but uh i feel like the confidence once you become comfortable with it it Mm. sounds better to everyone not just you because then you become comfortable you can confident and it's like oh even if he's not a great like vocalist i'm no michael buble or anything but uh it's like he's He's given it though. And no one like, is like Michael Lupe. <laughs> yeah, no one. No one. Um, yeah, I feel like it kind of you can see that it's the confidence is there in the voice. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you do you find yourself like because for me to deal with anxiety, I uh I work out a lot and okay, like yeah. just spend time doing like not lifting weights or anything, but cardio. I need to move sometimes yeah. and just like do do that or go take a walk with my dog or just Mm -hmm. uh i like that leads me to my game but i watch feel feel good things too you know Mm -hmm. i i just i'm just always in front of this the screen and just uh, looking at at things that make me escape so yeah that's do you do any uh of that or yeah uh i feel like most of the time i just need if i'm in my own head too much i just need some kind of external distraction. So I have I have done like working out and stuff, but I feel like instead of more cardio-based stuff, well, I guess it could be cardio-based, uh, just anything that requires me to think about what I'm doing yeah. as opposed to like if I, I think if I were to just go on a walk or something like that, my mind would still be circling around the oh, thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it would stay in stay in there a little bit too much. That's why I like similarly, like it's maybe hard, like, right? It's really yeah, hard. Like either feel good shows or just any show that I can kind of get immersed in. Yeah. Or I don't know, just playing games with like my roommates or yeah. partner, something like that. We've gotten really into the game, the Ellen game, heads up. It's not Ellen didn't make the game, but she has like yeah, the most yeah, popular version of it. Um <laughs> other than that, and then like we found a way to like make our own deck i guess yeah so it's kind of like just just almost like just little games that can distract me kind of take my mind off whatever it is that's spiraling going on so hard it's so oh hard. yeah like but, I, uh, i've gotten better i i don't know if I, it's because i'm 24 now or i'm not old but it's like through the years i, I feel like i'm going better mm-hmm. uh growing better and uh now like I had a guest on this podcast and he was like, just work from eight to five. Like just, even if you don't have that, that time, like if you don't work at a regular job, that's from eight to five, just work from that eight to five and then forget about it. And I tried it and it's, it's working a little it bit. It does work. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then I at, like... at five, I, I forget about it. I just move mm-hmm. on to my things. And I don't feel bad because I, I worked that time frame. you know? Yeah. I feel like so that's a yeah. good way to do it for sure. Just kind of, if you give yourself a schedule, uh, I, mean, I don't like think a, about the audience regiment. anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, I don't know. I, maybe if 
doing music was my full-time job, I'd be able to do that. Yeah. But I think since, uh, since I'm just doing it on my free time, it's essentially just a hobby that I put too much time into. Uh, yeah. It can kind of sit a little bit longer. However, since I don't give myself a time frame on things, I feel like that eases up the pressure a lot. I don't have a deadline to get an album done. That's why when it didn't get done in February, like I originally planned, I was like, I'll get done eventually because I'm not under a contract. I don't have yeah. a label breathing down my neck for the next hit or anything like that. So yeah. it's kind of, it helps. It definitely helps. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're, you're, you're on a good path and uh, I really like your album. So my yeah. game Okay. Um, yeah. I love games. Yeah. It's a feel good game. So it goes a little bit with my question that I had earlier. So what's your, uh, let's start with the uh, music since you're, okay. you're a musician. What's your feel good song? Ooh. You want to okay. feel good. What do you listen to? I think I'm going to give two fairly different answers. So I think it might be Dance Yourself Clean by LCD Sound System okay. as one of them. Just because when that, I don't know if you're familiar with the song. No, no, um, no. Yeah. It's nine minutes long or so. And the first three minutes is like he actually mixed it quieter so people will turn up the speaker. So like the first three minutes is kind of like a slow, like little synthy thing. You're like, okay. And then about three minutes in, it just kicks in much louder than before and it's a very simple groove but it gets me going every time I'm like oh this is it this is good okay and the good. other answer yeah. i think i have is um all together now by the beatles which is much more of like a simple silly song but happy it, song right it's a very happy song yeah it's very like yeah da, 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 da. like it's very upbeat yeah. and poppy and silly and I think since the first time I heard it back in like high school or even earlier, I was like, this song never fails to make me smile. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. So that those helps are two... me with, with anxiety for sure. Oh yeah. I think those are, those are two answers from different periods in my life, but they have the same effect, yeah. I guess. Yeah. What uh, album makes you feel good? Oh, the entire thing. Entire album. Let's see. I think it might be um, Hissing Fauna, Are You the Destroyer by Of Montreal. Okay. Uh, just because the first time I'd ever listened to that album was when I was going through a bit of like a hard time in high school. Okay. And I kind of listened to all of it and I'm like, this is a really good album. That's when I kind of really got into them. And yeah. now when I listen to it, it's not a super happy album. It's not a super feel good album all around, but the music is very upbeat and i think just because i have associations with it of it making me feel better and getting out of a slump yeah. kind of like resonates still today yeah so awesome. probably that yeah so uh feel good movie mm. let's see maybe like maybe like wayne's world i don't know okay. I, think, I think wayne's world's a good answer it's been a long time since i've seen it I think I did. I no, I don't think I've watched it. I remember something as a kid, but I don't oh. think I finished it. Yeah, highly advise it. Uh, the first one. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's been several years since I've watched it. Like it's probably either Wayne's World 
or Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Still have to watch that too. That's also a incredible movie. All of these are just really dumb and funny. And the last <laughs> one's Airplane. Yeah. Which is... Is that cool. a parody one? It kind of... It kind of parodies just like generic airplane like type yeah. movies, like adventure movies. But right. it's it's if you haven't seen it, you probably know the line where it's like, surely you can't be serious. And he says, like, I'm serious and don't call me Shirley. That's <laughs> from that movie. And it's yeah, it's full of gems like that. Like at one point, I don't know why I remember this one. Uh, but there's like a crisis in the airplane and then back at mission control, he's like, Johnny, what can you make of this map? And he's like, well, I could, uh, I could make a hat or a little bird. And it's just <laughs> <laughs> the dumbest movie, but it's so funny. And yeah. So yeah. any one of those three, I think just cause they're dumb comedies that never fail to make me laugh. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, okay. Uh, last thing, uh, feel good TV show. Oh, okay, TV show. Should have been expecting this with the other ones. Um, <laughs> you should. <laughs> should have. Let's see. Like, like if you follow the trend, you should have expected yeah. anything. <laughs> I've also listened to the podcast before in preparation, and I know yeah. it was one of the things, and I still didn't come up with an answer. Um, it's usually the reaction from people. <laughs> and I said, there's a game. <laughs> yeah. Um. What would be a good one? Maybe I think I'm picking this one almost certainly because I watched it somewhat recently is um, Nathan for you. Are you familiar? Nope. It's a comedy central show and it's Nathan Fielder. Who's this? Uh, he's a comedian, but he went to business school in Vancouver and essentially he just goes to like small businesses that aren't doing super well. And he gives them ideas and this is all real. Like it's not scripted and he's the only one that's in on the joke. Um, so he'll give them just ridiculous ideas and they have to, and he's like, do you want to try out this new business idea? And they're like, okay. Like one of them is he goes to a gas station. He's like, we're going to sell your gas for super cheap, like cheaper than anyone in town. Yeah. And, in order for the people to get the gas for cheap, they have to do a rebate, but they have to bring the rebate to the top of a mountain and answer a series of riddles to do it. Oh, wow. It's like just really dumb stuff like that. <laughs> and it's, that's probably one show that if I throw on, will make me feel better. It's, <laughs> it's so cringy and dumb, but it's very good. Yeah. I have yeah. a lot of stuff to listen to and watch then. Thank oh, you. yeah. Highly advise all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, do you want to plug your album again and uh, where people can check it out? Yeah, for sure. So uh, the album is called Smaller Than Some, and the artist's name is Other Infinities. Uh, you can listen to it anywhere you stream music, Spotify, Apple Music. It's on Instagram music now. Uh, if you are You're interested... something in Instagram music? Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, you can get uh, it's on Instagram music, which isn't like a streaming service. But if you oh, for like, your stories, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, OK. It took a it took a lot more time for a lot of distributors to get it onto TikTok and Instagram music than like Spotify. And oh, stuff. Okay, right. So that's a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's on all the streaming services. Um, and then if you're interested in a cassette, uh, the cassette comes with a digital download. Uh, you can go to my Bandcamp at otherinfinitiesmusic.bandcamp.com. Awesome. And that's well, it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. 
Oh, thank, thank you. you for having me. This is the first podcast I've done to try and uh, try and promote it. I'm trying to get a few more, but who knows? Yeah. This is this so far this is the best one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, uh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, it has uh, been fun. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's fun. It's always that's why I started this podcast. It's always fun to talk to different creative people and not just writers, you know. For for me, you know, yeah, musicians yeah. and other people. Am I the first musician on the podcast? Yeah, you're okay, the first. I, I've had singers before, but right. not musicians. Yeah. I was a. Uh, I've listened to the reason I actually reached out to you, Max uh, Maxine, Maxine yeah. 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 So she she was on the podcast, and I just know her from. I met her once at a party. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so I was kind of listening to her episode and I was looking for, I was like, hey, let's listen to a musician one so I can know what kind of questions they'll ask. And there just wasn't one other than like singers. And I'm like, okay. I just started the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, You already have quite a few episodes. It's impressive. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I love doing it. So that's great. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on and yeah, uh, for yeah me. check out his music, Smaller Than Some by Other Infinities, right? So, Other Infinities, uh, yeah. Josh White, thank you so much. Perfect. And yeah. uh, we'll talk to you soon. Cool. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Very Creative Podcast with Gabriel Vega. To find out more, go to gabrielvega.com slash podcast or find us on social media at The Very Creative Podcast. You can also watch the podcast on YouTube. Just search for The Very Creative Podcast and subscribe.